welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 259, A Successful Fall Turkey Hunt. And I am your host and the guy who's coming to you from location this week as I am at the beach with my lovely bride and having a good time down at the Gulf Coast enjoying some sun and sand and salt water a little relaxation and maybe a cold beer or four and hey right now we are 156 days nine hours 55 minutes and 33 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Now, we're 156 days out, but here's the good news. We don't have to wait that long to hear a turkey killing story because I've got one for you guys today as I've got Cameron Weddington back on the show with us again today. You know, I had him on last week and he was telling us about his first fall turkey hunt and that he had a little bit of excitement during that hunt and I told him last week I said look when you kill a turkey I want to have you back on the show and tell us the story of the turkey so he went back into that same area this past weekend where he hunted the weekend before and well here's Cameron to tell us all about his first successful fall turkey hunt listen in and I'll see you guys on the other side Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me this evening Cameron Weddington, who needs no introduction other than to say is a first-time fall turkey killer. Oh yeah. Not even a first-time fall turkey hunter anymore, which is what you were last week. But you graduated (laughs) quickly up the ranks and you're now a first-time fall turkey turkey killer and we've got you on this evening to tell the story about your first successful fall turkey hunt but before we get into that i want you to put me on speakerphone for a second all right hold on just a second he wants to be on speaker hey thomas hey man how are you good good how you doing i'm very well thank you so i'm going to thank you right now on the show because what everyone listening right now doesn't know is that you are about to hear this story of Cameron's turkey hunt or turkey kill 
for the second time in the past hour. <laughs> and Lord only knows how many times you've heard it before yeah. these two times. I'm pretty times. sure I can do the story. I'm pretty sure I can tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> you want, do you want Thomas to tell the story for me? <laughs> I think Thomas might embellish it too much. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We may get the true story out of Thomas, though. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, Thomas, I appreciate your patience. Cameron, I appreciate your patience. And so I'm going to fill everybody else in on this now. What you guys listening don't know is that I just got through recording this very story with Cameron not even 10 yep. minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, maybe. And it was a, I will say it was a 45 minutes of gold it, that, that is lost in the world now. It was podcast gold. But it, it really was like you folks will never know what you missed with some sort of weird technical glitch. What I got was zero seconds of zero audio, nothing, yeah, nothing. So I called Cameron and he said, Well, you better be glad that I am in the midst of a long road trip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lucky, uh, if it ever had to happen, it happened at the right time because Thomas and I will be on the road all night, actually. We're about 12 hours away still. So, And you are 12 hours away from, tell everybody what you're about to do. We are headed to South Dakota to do a duck hunt, and then Saturday morning, or Saturday at noon, the pheasant season opens, so we will be duck hunting in the morning, and then we'll pheasant hunt in the afternoon, and we're going to hopefully bring home lots of birds and do a lot of dog. The dog work is going to be a big part of it. We have my lab. My brother brought his lab, and then we're bringing a German short hair that another guy in our party is his dog for the pheasant hunting. So it should be a really a big time, and we're doing that in South Dakota. That'll be a lot of fun. And are you guys hunting public land? We are some of both. It's going to be some freelance, mostly freelance for the ducks. And then the pheasant hunting, one guy has a contact up here who kind of carries us around and puts us on. It's a pretty good spot. He has permission around here. So it'll be a mixture of both. Mostly, I think it is mostly private for the pheasants. And then I'd say mostly public spots for the ducks. But it's a heck of a drive. This is my fourth time driving to South Dakota. And doing it overnight is intense. But yeah. Usually worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah. You've done it now four times within the past six, or not four times, but two times now within the past six months. Yes. Yes. I've been here the past two springs and the past two winters, so, or fall, I guess. Yeah. Good so deal. It's, uh, that been should good, be a good yeah. hunt. That should be a heck of a lot of fun. I know you've done it before and and you kind of it'll be fun what to do but yeah that'll be a good time yeah you know regardless of killing birds it'll be a lot of fun and that'll just be icing on the cake we actually do kill quite a few so we're looking forward to it i know my dog is ready to roll he's be his first time out of the box this year so yeah i bet i bet he's gonna be fired up in the morning oh yeah we're gonna when the gun goes off he's gonna be ready to roll Mm -hmm. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. Good deal. Well, 
I look forward to hearing some stories about your trip up there with your brothers and with your dad and that'll be a great trip i look forward to hearing some of those stories but right now yep. i want to hear a turkey get down to the real story. stuff yeah yeah let's, let's talk about get serious. what this show is all about turkey killing so well, i got this story and it's like nothing you've ever heard before <laughs> especially not in the last hour <laughs> oh lay it on me i want to hear it <laughs> right. hey before so, you start you uh, know you know those people that you hang around that tell stories multiple times the same story yep. over and over and they tell it like you've never heard it before like they didn't tell it to you eight times before and exactly when they tell it each time it's a little bit different. Maybe it's embellished a little bit in this part or a little bit in that part. Or it may sound like a completely different story to you altogether because it's been embellished so much. I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to hearing this story of your turkey hunt, which will now be my third time to hear it. And yeah, absolutely. Just uh, know I'm grading you on accuracy. Yeah. So yeah, go. taking notes from the <laughs> from the previous two. Yeah. Yeah. So his beard was 42 inches long, <laughs> and uh, he now has a three-inch spur. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you're not far off if you combine them both. So <laughs> you went. You did not go back into that area Friday afternoon like we kind of mentioned about yeah, correct. you doing because yeah. there was a baseball game on. And I guess everyone is now going to know what your true passion in this world is, is baseball and not turkeys. I wouldn't say that. I just, uh, I did want to watch my St. Louis Cardinals play on Friday night against the Nationals. And it was quite possibly the most boring game of all of baseball time as they almost got no hit. We ended up getting one hit in about the eighth inning. Hmm. So it was about as boring as it gets. I wish I would have gone after and chased some turkeys rather than watch that game. So, yeah. But no, I, I did not go bust them off the roost like we had discussed as a possible plan of attack the week before. And anyway, so yeah, I wasn't able to do that. Okay. So you get in there Saturday morning and yeah, let it roll from there. Tell me. Tell so me the, the good thing was I was able to use a shotgun this weekend. Tennessee season allows you to use a shotgun for about two weeks during the archery deer season. Whereas last weekend, my first ever fall turkey hunt, I was using the crossbow. So mm -hmm. I got my shotgun ready, pretty much outfitted exactly like I was going on a spring turkey hunt. Got up, made my coffee, and I got out there before daylight. And I know a lot of fall turkey hunters will show up late you know just try to find them late in the morning after they've already flown down well i wanted to be there just like a spring hunt where i'm listening while they're on the roost because i think personally i believe in the fall they're still most vocal on the roost and so that's why i just got there i don't know just from videos i watched and whatnot i thought they're gonna make any sounds that might be on the roost yeah and give me an indication where they are so anyway yeah i loaded up my truck and drove out to this place where i'd seen the turkeys the week before and I walked back in there with my gun and everything, probably about a mile and a half, two miles, all the way back in here. And so, as y'all will remember from last week, the turkeys that I saw were in a pasture that is privately owned that is bordered on three sides by public woods. Mm -hmm. And so, I got up on kind of a bluff 
where I could see the whole pasture and sat down and it was a gorgeous morning. There was a big migration of speckle belly geese coming over. It seemed like constant droves of those and they were calling and everything. It was just a gorgeous morning watching the sunrise and everything. I mean, it's mid thirties, just perfect. I mean, one of those fall mornings you dream of being in the woods. And so most people probably picture that with deer hunting, but my turkey obsession takes precedence. So I hear at first light, I hear some hens and I can tell they're hens by the high pitch kind of faster tone yelps coming to my right and they were they were pretty vocal the hens were very vocal and to my left a little later in the morning the only thing i heard was kind of a little purrs and they were deeper coarser purrs than that of a hen Mm -hmm. and so knowing these gobblers have been there last weekend i thought that's that's gotta be them they're right there and they were probably 100 yards away, roosted on the edge of the field. And so I didn't want to make any kind of move. I thought they're probably going to fly down in the field, and I'll get an eye on them. So I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. After about 30, 40 minutes, I started doubting that I'd even heard turkeys and started thinking I was just a figment of my imagination. And so anyway, I had my doubts. And then all of a sudden, I finally see a turkey fly down. And then another turkey, and another one, and another one, another one, until there's 14 birds fly down in the field. And I put my binoculars on them, and it's them. It's all long-bearded gobblers. And so my heart gets to thumping pretty hard. I mean, they're way too far out there or anything anyway. But I'm just happy to be in the presence of them yet again. I got another shot at it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, they kind of – sorted out their pecking order right when they flew down and then started feeding and so in my mind i thought i'm not going to call yet i'm going to wait because they're in the field and i need them to get in the woods for me to kill them Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to call yet i'm going to wait and see where they go and try to get ahead of and so i'm watching them and after about 30 minutes of just pecking around kind of where they flew down and kind of fighting each other whatnot they start establishing a direction and so they start heading this i guess it would be west of where they're currently sitting Mm -hmm. and so i'm looking on my map i use onyx on my phone and using the topography and looking at the map and looking with my naked eye at what's over there i notice there's a draw that has some really nice big oaks that runs down kind of towards the creek. And just simply by thinking, all right, if I'm a flock of turkeys or I'm a turkey, where am I going to go when the sun gets up and starts heating everything up and I want something to eat? I'm going to go walk through this nice oak grove and on my way to the pond or the creek down there to get some water because turkeys do require quite a bit of water. So I just figured if I'm a turkey, that's where I'm going. So I thought I'm going to slip out of here, work my way around. They're headed that direction anyway, and I'm going to set up in that draw. And so I did that, and I got set up over there about 730 with my back against a giant oak tree. I mean, it had to be three times the width of me. And looked at my clock, saw it was 730. I can no longer see the turkeys because where I'm seated, I'm looking up kind of at the pasture. So the turkey's on the back side of the hill, and in front of me is like real nice open pretty woods running up, and then it tops out, and they're up there somewhere. I'm hoping. How far from the pasture are you at this point? I was probably 80 yards from the pasture. So, and that's at the peak. 
uh, kind of where the fence is up there because I think it's a cattle farm, although there weren't any cows in this particular pasture on that day. Okay. So I was probably 80 yards from where it tops out into the pasture. Yeah. And I guess I could have set up closer, but just surveying the situation where I was, I felt like if they come out of the pasture, they're going to come on down to where I am anyway. So I set up and the main thing I did correct is I looked at my clock and said, all right, 730. I know their turkeys were up there about 200 yards from where I'm currently sitting, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes ago, Mm -hmm. headed towards this direction. So I'm going to sit here for an hour and I'm not moving no matter what, unless you know, one gobbles and I can get around them or something, you know, unless if nothing changes from right now to for an hour, I'm not moving. Right. And so I sat down and I started soft calling. I just wanted to sound like a gobbler or a Jake, you know, a male turkey is over here scratching around, feeding on acorns and just hanging out. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, maybe that'll strike curiosity in them as to who the newcomer is rather than challenge the flock. And so I sat there, did a little bit, a little bit there, sat there at 7.50, actually probably a little after 8, I started getting pretty antsy because I hadn't heard anything, hadn't seen anything. All was quiet, and I'm not very patient. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm not very patient when it comes to sitting there and not hearing or seeing a turkey. It sounds like you made it about Uh, 30 or 40 minutes longer than I would have made it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you know me because we've hunted together. I think we're both in the same boat. It's like you sit down, all right, we're going to sit here for three hours, and we're going to call blindly, and then about 15 minutes later, me and you are walking down the ridge. (laughs) Yelping. <laughs> anyway, I I guess I just was able to do it somehow. Mustered the strength to stay there. Yeah. And so, but about eight fifteen, I'm getting real antsy. You know, up to eight, and I'm thinking I need to crawl up to the top and get eyes on these birds again, see where they're going because they're not coming here. Like they should be here by now. And I just kept telling myself, no, you said you're going to sit here an hour. No, you said you're going to sit here an hour. You're not moving to 8.30. Like I'm... So at 8.25, five minutes before I would have stood up to move, I see a turkey head peek over the top of the ride, and it's a gobbler. And so he comes over and starts coming towards me. Well, then another one and another one, and the whole flock of 14 gobblers tops this ridge and comes over. Hmm. So in front of me, I've got nice open woods except for one spot where there was quite a bit of sunlight hitting it because it was open enough, so there was kind of some bushy growth there that was a little bit taller than a turkey. Yeah. And they kind of are approaching from behind that. So when they come out from behind that, they would be about 25 yards from me. Okay. And so they start coming down the hill. I'm no longer calling. You know, I'm just letting them come because they're coming straight at me. And so I'm no longer calling or doing anything. I'm just sitting there trying to control my heart rate and breathing that's all of a sudden gotten very rapid. (laughs) And the turkeys start coming from behind that bush in shotgun range. So the first one comes out, got a nice eight-inch beard, could have easily killed him. But I was like, you know, they're still coming. I'm going to size these turkeys up, see which one I want to kill. So they all kind of come out, and I'm looking at them like, okay, this one's got like a nice, you know, eight-and-a-half, nine-inch beard. They all mostly look like two-year-old birds. Yeah. And had ni- they all had nice beards. I mean, they, they're all really good birds. But then the last bird stepped out, 
And when he stepped out, it was very obvious who needed the bullet that day. Target had been acquired because I noticed some very long, sharp, curved appendages coming out the back of his leg. Mm-hmm. And a nice, thick paintbrush of a beard hanging down at least 10 inches off his chest. And so immediately I knew who the choice turkey was for that day. Yeah. So the problem is he's in the dead center of about 13 other gobblers, and I don't want to kill 10 gobblers in one shot. So I wait and I wait and I wait. And finally, when they got to about 10 yards, you know how turkeys are. They just kind of, I don't know if they see you breathing, blink. I don't know what it is. I didn't move. But they sensed I was there. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. And they didn't get, they didn't jump up and fly off or anything. But they started putting and jerking their heads and you know looking nervous. And which actually ended up being a good thing because they started kind of separating out at that point. Up to that point, they'd been very bunched. And so they finally separated out. And I had a clean shot at my prize gobbler with his head straight up. And so I took the shot killed him stone dead, ran up there, was about to grab him, and then I noticed two swords off his legs. So I figured I probably should wait to do that. <laughs> and let him flop it out for a little while, and that was it. And picked him up, took a bunch of pictures of him with all the fall leaves, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. And he was just a stud of a turkey and an absolutely beautiful bird to examine in the fall. And I'm really glad I killed him in the fall because he would have been a devil in the spring. Oh, I bet. So he's probably anyway. a little older than two. Yeah, he was the old man of the group. He had been around a few years. And if I had to guess who was leading, who was the leader of the flock, I think I know. Yeah, and being around public land as well, he's probably experienced a turkey hunter in the woods calling to him once or twice before. So, yeah. He was an old monarch who had made it many a year on that ridge. And he may have figured out the game in spring, but may not have played it in fall, I guess. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm very happy to have toted him home. He was a 10 and a quarter inch beard, nice thick beard, and an inch and five eighths spurs, and weighed 16.4 pounds. Wow. And so... You know, 16.4 pounds isn't massive, but in the fall of the year, they don't have much fat on them. And he didn't have, when I breasted him out, I noticed he had no breast sponge, Mm -hmm. which for your listeners who may not know what I'm referring to when I say a breast sponge, it's that kind of gooey, yellowy looking substance that's the front part of the breast. And the, the reason a gobbler has that is, he builds that up throughout the winter so that when the mating season comes, he his body will decompose that breast sponge for nutrients to keep him fueled while he's mating because he's so focused on mating that he doesn't have time to eat. Yeah. At least that's what the old timers say, and I believe that's the correct statement. But uh, Mike Chamberlain can correct me if I'm wrong, the wild turkey doc. Mm-hmm. but that's what I've heard that the breast sponge is used for. And he did not have one at all in the fall. So Yeah. So did you cut up in his stomach? I did. So I opened his craw open, and it had, he had some bugs in there, like little black, small bugs, and then little, lots of different types of grass seeds from the pasture. Mm-hmm. And then he had two acorns in there. And so I guess where I was sitting, I was in the oaks, 
So I guess he had gotten him two bites of food before he caught the bullet. Yeah. So he did have two his pin oak acorns that were, you know, pin oak has a much smaller acorn, and he had two of those in his crawl amongst some grass seed and bugs. So I think with it being a cold in the 30s morning, I think they were starting to hit the acorns a little bit, um, whereas I believe before then they probably had been mostly focusing on bugs and grass seed. Right, yeah. Getting a lot of protein from those bugs out in that pasture. Yeah, but the bugs are probably gone underground with the cold weather i'm guessing mm-hmm. yeah well that is awesome so you think your two keys to that hunt were patience and getting where those turkeys were going yes i definitely think patience is the number one key and then number two behind that is i just picked a spot that looked like where the turkeys ought to be going and i mean i didn't have these birds patterned at all or anything i'd seen them one other time so i just picked where if i was a turkey where i would go and then i was very patient and and tried to stay positive on my decision and i don't know if the calling had anything to do with it i didn't have any kind of spectacular cackle that was just the most great call anybody's ever made or anything like that it just was soft calling of acting like a turkey in the bush kind of deal mm-hmm. and so yeah so i think the patience was the big deal and being where they wanted to go yeah that's awesome but he was the dandy and uh i'll tell you one thing for listeners who may want to harvest a little more meat besides the breast on a wild turkey next time you kill one skin those legs out and kind of chunk take the chunks of meat off the legs with your knife and thighs and grind that meat up use it in tacos or burger meat or whatever i I took the legs off this bird and ground it in my smallest grinder into more of a fine grinding meat and the legs and thighs were delicious we made tacos with them this week and they were absolutely fabulous awesome yeah, so you ground up the legs and the thighs. Yes, and I put two slices of bacon in there while I was grinding it just to add a little bit of fat because it's so lean. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, that's not much fat in there, but it's a little bit just to give a little something to cook with it. But I did the legs and the big chunks of thigh meat, and then obviously I breasted him out too, but I, I didn't grind that up. That meat's so good regardless. I, mm. I would have hated to grind that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, that's so, yeah. awesome. So uh, Saturday morning, I was at the house working on my truck, and I had the front part of the front dash off, and I was, you know, laying on the front floorboard and whatever else, working on that. And I just happened to get out of the truck and look at my phone, and I just missed your call when you called me. And I also had a text message from you, and I pulled the text message up. Of course. When I saw that I had a missed call from you, I knew exactly what had happened. (laughs) And so I pulled up that text message and saw the picture of that turkey and saw the daggers on the back of his legs. And he is a stud of a turkey. He was. I mean, that joker is huge. And so he really was. That got me pumped up. And of course, I had to call you and get the story. I think you were still probably standing over that turkey in the woods probably not long after you had shot him and i got to hear the the story then and see the picture of him he the coloration on that bird to me seemed a a little bit different than they look in spring i mean he he was beautiful not that they're not pretty in spring but he was a lot prettier than i thought he'd be for this time of year yeah it was almost like a more uh goldish 
brownish iridescence to him in the fall. Whereas in the spring, I'd say they're more black almost. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that was, it was a beautiful bird. I mean, just gorgeous. I I loved examining him. Uh, it, It was just awesome. Yeah. He's, you're right. He seemed to be a little more brightly colored. His body did. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not as dark black as they are kind of in the spring. Yeah. And you could see his feathers, like where new feathers were forming, like he had little barbs where you could tell the new feathers were coming in. It was really cool just to examine the kind of the biology of a bird in the fall because I'd never done that. Yeah. So are you a fall turkey hunter now? Oh, yeah. I absolutely, without a doubt, will be fall turkey hunting every year from now on if I'm physically able and, you know, able to get out there. And, you know, it wasn't spring. In the spring, you get that conversational aspect where you yelp. He cuts you off with that hard gobble, and that gets your heart racing, and you're mm-hmm. calling, and he's gobbling and coming in, and you get that whole conversational aspect of like, hey, I'm over here, I'm over here, and you're talking to him. You don't get, in my experience, I didn't get that in my fall hunt, and I know people who said they have, and I hope I do get that one day. But in this fall hunt, it was more of a patient woodsmanship, but still intense in its own way, just to have that many long beards coming into gun range. Sure, but spring will always have my heart taking on a long beard one-on-one. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's different. It's completely different. They're, they didn't seem similar to me in any way. <laughs> it's yeah. just a completely different bird. I well, mean, you, you work in him like you're another gobbler in the fall compared to the sexual aspect in the spring. It's just completely different. Yeah. And, you know, you listen to these old school fall turkey hunters that really hunt gobblers only in the fall. And they will tell you that fall turkey hunting for gobblers is so much better than spring turkey hunting for gobblers because of that challenge part of the hunt, you know, where you're where you're challenging that gobbler to a fight to let him know that you're the dominant bird in that area in that pecking order and yeah they a lot of them have some great stories of some really exciting fall hunts you know that kind of go down in that in that way and so you know it's interesting to hear your hunt because really it's it's not much different than spring in the respect that you can go out into the woods one day in the spring and the turkeys are just falling all over themselves to gobble to answer every single call that you make and to come running into your setup location to die and then the very next day you get identical weather conditions and the birds are just not talking as much and they're not responding to your calls they're not as aggressive they're not as active and a lot of it at that point in time is a lot of the strategy at that point in time is the approach that you took on your fall hunt this weekend which is get either where they want to go or between where they are and they want to be and be patient yep yeah absolutely so uh, it definitely i mean turkeys are turkeys so you're going to have that similarity. But I guess just the, the lack of gobbling, which they do gobble in the fall. I know that. I've heard them gobble in the fall. But the lack of 
I guess, mating style gobbling makes it a different hunt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think by learning to fall hunt, I believe I will be a better turkey hunter eventually. Maybe I'll actually kill a few in the spring. <laughs> but I think learning that patience aspect will be big for me in the learning it through fall hunting and I'll be able to use it in the spring. And I wouldn't doubt seeing a case where once I learned to challenge the flock where I could use that maybe in a late spring hunt where the gobblers are done and you yeah. you throw some challenges at them and you kill a gobbler late spring using that strategy. I could see that also working. So I think fall hunting, I think just hunting turkeys as much as you can, getting out there and experiencing stuff with turkeys will make you a better hunter of no, turkeys. No, no question. So Question. maybe this year I'll kill a couple in the spring. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. It'd be good for you to do that for your first <laughs> your first time to kill. You know, maybe two or possibly even three. I mean, you might get lucky and kill three this year or next year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. Definitely gonna be out there at, trying them for many a day. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you that don't know, we're joking around about Cameron maybe killing one in the spring. You killed how many this past spring? I don't like to share that kind of info. My answer is one short of enough. Okay. And that is my answer for every time I kill a turkey and people ask how many I killed that spring. It's one short of enough. Yeah. But I did, I was able to hunt, I was able to cross off four new states because I'm also trying to do the super slam. You inspired me to do that, and I appreciate it. My wife would probably disagree. (laughs) But I was able to cross off four new states, and I killed my four birds in Tennessee, and then I killed in two states that I had already previously killed in. So it was a a banner year. And I've had a couple really good years in a row, so I know some of those hard years are bound to come. Because that's how turkey hunting is going to go. You have very times where you feel like every yelp you make, one's going to come running up immediately. And then there's times where you just feel like there's nothing you can do to, to kill one. So I know that. So I'm, I'm staying very humble with it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't get cocky. Um, absolutely. I never will be. But I'm appreciative of those springs where things go well. And hopefully they're, you know, as long as I can get out there and hear one gobble, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, but then I do stay like out of to Alabama. eat one every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Definitely don't want to come to Alabama again because that dream of hearing one gobble will not be fulfilled. <laughs> they, I've heard on a blood moon with a rising tide and the wind blowing from the east with the barometric pressure above 30, a turkey has gobbled in Alabama. Once. But the stars must align. Yes. Yes, indeed. And it was a Jake gobble. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then a shotgun blast happened, and he died. So yeah, that's that's how the, it happens in Alabama. <laughs> from the four people that had him surrounded. Yeah, it was actually four shots at once. So it was one resounding shell from yeah the people who surrounded him after he immediately gobbled. Uh huh. The shot heard around so, the world. Yeah. One of their five birds for that year, because everybody kills five who hunts in Alabama. Of course. Bag limit. Of course, yes. That's what. Anyway, I'm sorry. Sorry for being facetious towards Alabama, as always. Quite all right, for good reason. <laughs> well, man, oh, I'm excited man. for you. I, you know, it was awesome getting to talk to you right after it happened and getting to see pictures of the bird. And 
you know, it was just uh, to have you on the show and get to hear the story of your first fall hunt a week ago. And then here you are sharing the story of your first fall kill, you know, is just, that's really cool. And I'm glad that I could be a, a part of that in the respect that I'm living vicariously through you on those hunts. But also, I'm thankful to have you be able to come on the show and share your experience with us and let us all live vicariously through you. So that, that's that been fun, and I appreciate you doing that for us. Absolutely. I love listening to a good turkey hunting story or reading about one, So, and I love sharing my experiences with others. So um, I appreciate you having me on. Heck yeah, man. Hey, if somebody wants to go and see a long-spurred turkey, point them in the right direction well if you want to see the long spurred turkey i just shot you can go to instagram and look up the gobfather 49 and you will see a very long spurred turkey and the caption will read my first fall gobbler and that will be the gobfather 49 so he's beautiful i took some really good pictures of him i got a new phone that has really nice cameras on it and it, it took some really beautiful pictures of him and I'll definitely uh, cherish those for a long time. No doubt. No doubt. And those uh, big long spurs hanging on my wall are nice to look at. Yes, they are. (laughs) No doubt. So, all right, do me a favor again. Put me on speaker. All right, put me on speaker again. All right. Thomas. Hey. So, how did he do? Did he elaborate any this time? Did this story pretty well match with the other eight times you've heard it? <laughs> I mean, he did pretty good this time. I don't know. It, I mean, the first time I heard it, there was a little more excitement in his voice, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, it, it's still pretty good. It was probably because the heel of my boot was still on his flopping head. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he heard it. <laughs> so then. It was so good his breath the first time I heard it, so. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's still pretty good. All right. So on a, on the honesty scale of one to ten, where ten is is very honest and one is an Andy Galliano story, what would you give Cameron on this version of his turkey kill? You know, I wasn't there, so I, you know he might have just hit it with his truck. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love how no one's noticed I strapped that beard on that hen and put some sticks behind her leg. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, Thomas, I've got to give you a 10 on your honesty for that comment. You weren't there. You don't You don't want to incriminate yourself and have your reputation tied to your brothers. So I completely get it, and I respect that. Good deal. Hey, guys, y'all have a great time on your trip, and kill some birds take lots of pictures for me i want to see those when y'all get back into civilization travel safely and have a lot of have a lot of fun yeah sounds good thanks for having me on andy no problem at all thanks for telling the story about six times for me (laughs) (laughs) absolutely we got hey we still got about 10 hours of driving left if uh if you forgot to hit record again so we can keep it going man Yeah, hopefully I don't have to do that. But I'll call you again in a minute, and we'll just record it again, and then we'll splice all these together and make some wild <laughs> and crazy up, hunt. A backup round. I mean, you can yeah. do several takes and see which one you like, you know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just splice them together. We can make it say anything we want to.
No problem at all. Thanks for coming on, and, and you guys have a good time. We'll right. see you later. See you, bye. All right, bye. All right, I hope that you enjoyed the call with Cameron. I apologize for the little interruption there in the audio, but that's what happens when you get a guest who is on the road on a cell phone. But luckily, the audio just cut out in that one spot, and the rest of the call sounded pretty good to me. So I really do hope that you guys enjoyed it. When he sent me that picture Saturday morning, I was pumped up. I mean, almost like I was there with him and he had shot the bird. I was just really excited for him. Cameron's a good turkey hunter, but more importantly, Cameron is a good guy. And I like to see him be successful in whatever it is that he takes on. So that was fun for me to be able to at least, I guess, somewhat be a part of that hunt in the respect that I talked to him just a few minutes after he killed that bird. And I got to hear how excited he was. Of course, I was excited too, and that was a fun call to be on. So congratulations to you, Cameron. I hope this is the first of many fall gobblers for you. And I hope that it's a little motivation for some of you guys listening to the show to get out into the woods to get your own Thanksgiving turkey for this year. So if your state has a fall season, then make sure you check out the dates that that fall season is in and get out there in the woods. So hey, that's all I've got for you guys for today. But before I cut you loose, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. This week, you could help me out tremendously if you would go to the I Am Turkey Hunting Facebook fan page and find the post on the I Am Turkey Hunting Facebook fan page for this week's show and share that on your news feed on Facebook. If you would do that for me, that would be a huge help. That lets a lot of people that you are friends with see that post for the Turkey Hunter podcast, and maybe another turkey hunter or two will find the show that way, and we'll grow the listener base a little bit. So thank you again for doing that. Thank you again for helping me out with all of the favors of the week that I ask you guys for. And while I'm saying thank you, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.